TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning, Diaria! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lightford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything today, and I want your help early this morning. And I want to get a, I just want to get a grasp on... The Super Bowl now, because we haven't really talked about it too much here in the Bay Area. You know, it's Super Bowl week for a lot of NFL media and ESPN and everyone. But over here, you know, if you talk about it for an entire week, it's just at this point, you know, get Sunday up here already. I, don't, I want to stop talking about this, but I want to know from you right now, who are you taking to win the Super Bowl? I want to get the pulse of the pregame show listeners. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Just real simple. Want your pick for the Super Bowl on Sunday because tomorrow we're going to go through everything. We're going to go through the prop bets uh, and and more of the matchup. And we'll also be recapping a little bit of Warriors-Mavs who are, who are playing today at 4.30. Uh, I might be going off on Chelsea and Tottenham today, depending on uh, who wins and who loses and what happens in that game because Chelsea and Tottenham play at 12 o'clock also. Um, we also got that Al Davis doc. So we're going to be talking about a lot of things. But I wanted to get a pulse today. From the pregame show listener, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Who do you got in this Super Bowl? Today, uh, I want to replay the interview for you from Steiny Guru and Dibs. They had TJ Ward on, former safety, and he said some things, and he was very, he was very honest, I think, just about his assessment of Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. I wanted to replay uh, the entire interview for you because it was very polarizing, in my opinion. So I wanted to replay it for you because I think you absolutely need to hear it. Plus, we will preview a little bit of the Warriors and Mavs. We're going to be all over the place today. We got a lot going on, but... As you know, I mentioned this earlier this week. We had a couple of players in Demarcus Robinson and Daniel Kilgore go on, former former 49er Daniel Kilgore, go on the reserve COVID-19 list because a barber that they were in close contact with tested positive for COVID-19. And for some reason, that was the that was the story that made the rounds yesterday 
as opposed to earlier in the week when Tom Pelissero had it for NFL Network. Uh, but I highly recommend you go to the Twitter profile of Daniel Kilgore and look up the profile picture that he put because half of his head is bald while half of his head has hair on it. And the reason being is because the test that the barber took that ended up being positive was a delayed test, which we all know way too much about after the World Series with the Dodgers and Justin Turner and him testing positive when, what, it came through in like the sixth inning of that last game uh, when they won the championship. That same sort of thing happened with the barber. He was halfway through Daniel Kilgore's haircut, and, uh, and the positive test came back. Kilgore actually finished out the haircut, but I highly recommend uh, you check out the Twitter profile of Kilgore because half of his head is shaved while the other half uh, is not shaved. But 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I just want to get a pulse from you. Who do you think wins this Super Bowl on Sunday? Because my early reaction... look. On both sides, I do think, and and let's just preface this, on both sides, this will be, in my opinion, I mean, we could go through it tomorrow, but in my opinion, what Tom Brady's doing, going to a completely new team um, with the Buccaneers, going into the NFC, the fact that he has even made the Super Bowl, going for a seventh ring, getting there for a tenth time, Look, that's just as impressive, but if he wins this football game, despite all of the injuries to the Chiefs' offensive line and that defense on the Buccaneers can feast, despite all of that, man, if if Tom Brady does get this win, I mean, you could look at that one with the 28-3 comeback over the Falcons when he was with the Pats. That might have been his most impressive Super Bowl win, but if he does this... At his age, at the age of 43, when everyone continued to doubt him, including myself at the beginning of the year, I'm just like, what is happening with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? But I think Tom Brady has a damn good chance to win this Super Bowl, and if he does, to me, this would be the most impressive one this year because he's in an entirely new system He's he's in a he's in a place where he's got a bunch of inexperienced playoff members like at least when he was with the Patriots and he was with Bill Belichick, he was able to tell these guys how to act, right? They had the Patriot way. And the Patriot way when Brady and Belichick were there, there's a lot of things that go to the Patriot way, not many of them being all that much fun, but one of them being they know how to get to a Super Bowl. And now he's managed to take it all the way into Tampa. And right now, I think uh, I think Tampa Bay's mayor wants to change the name to Tampa if the if the if the Buccaneers end up winning. But to me, with all the circumstances in 2020 and everything that surrounded the football season, no training camp, you know, the first four weeks of the year were pretty ugly because there was no four weeks of training camp in the first place. To me, this would be his most impressive Super Bowl victory with the age and also who he's going up against. Does that mean I necessarily think 
that the Buccaneers are going to win? It's hard. It's hard because triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero again. Want to get a pulse here of the pregame show crowd, the one at five in the morning. I want to see the pulse and who you're taking in the Super Bowl with the Bucks and the Chiefs from the five one zero. I think it's Tom Brady and the Bucks. I c- it couldn't have been scripted any better. Scoop there it is. That's from Robin San Jose, and then also from the five one zero TB twelve. Shout out to Sarah High School. See, for me, here's where I'm at. I think that the Buccaneers' defense is incredibly good. The Chiefs' offensive line, we've just noticed their uh, their struggles now just because we're really paying attention to it. And if you didn't know already, they've had some starters injured and out for the season from earlier in the year, like Kelechi Osemele, who's the guard, former Raider. And then at uh, and then also at left tackle they're going to be without Eric Fischel, Mitchell Sw- Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle has been out for a majority of the season. Um, their other left guard, whose name I can't pronounce, he opted out of the season. The one who actually uh, got his medical degree while playing football at the same time, who made some news. Um, they've been without a, a start a starting offensive line for a majority of the year, and to me. With the way that the Bucks played defense in the first half earlier in the season against the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill put up over 200 yards in that first half, and they were able to contain him in the second half because they switched from a bad defense over to a zone, and they were able to stop him in the red zone as well. But I just, for me, the thing that has me thinking that the Chiefs are going to win this Super Bowl despite a depleted offensive line and the Buccaneers overall being a more talented roster, I think that the Chiefs are going to be winning this one. And the reason being is I looked at that second half of Tom Brady against the Packers and I'm thinking... If he has a similar second half like that at all, the way that he was throwing the football, it wasn't just that he threw, what, three straight interceptions? It wasn't just that. It was the throws that he was making. That one behind Mike Evans. Mike Evans was going for the deep ball, and it just went went right into the Packers' hands. I think if he makes those types of mistakes again, then Mahomes is going to be able to take advantage. And with the Chiefs, It's not necessarily the short little chunk plays. It's the explosive plays because you could get them to third and 11, third and 12. You could stop them on the first couple of downs. But then, if you're a 49er fan, you know this, you can beat them on third and long easily. And and it just takes one play. And I think the Chiefs are going to be hitting way too many of those in this Super Bowl in order for the Buccaneers to come back. But that's just me. 888-957-9570. Want to know from you. From the 707. Is this Super Bowl like a Raider fan's worst nightmare? Asking for a friend. Just about. Just about. I, I think Raider fans are just... At this point, though, because of the Tuck Rule game and everything that happened with Charles Woodson... It was an absolute fumble. We don't need. I'm, I'm sure they're. I'm. I wonder if they're going to go over that tonight in the thirty for thirty. Uh, Al Davis versus the NFL. Really looking forward to that. Um, but I think Raider fans at this point, 
don't necessarily bl- blame Tom Brady for that one, and they're just looking at the refs and thinking that that's a stupid rule. I think at this point, Raider fans just respect Tom Brady enough, and if I had to guess, they would a, a lot of them would be going for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, this weekend because seeing the Chiefs win another Super Bowl uh, two in a row even though you may have respect for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it is a Raider fan's worst nightmare. Uh, but I just think Andy Reid also with an extra week to prepare. We know how good he is coming off a bye. In the regular season, he was 22-4, and, and four, if I'm not mistaken. Then he ended up being 23-4 and four after this year because he did win after the bye. I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are just going to be too much uh, for the Buccaneers. But that's just me. 888-957-9570. Want to know from you. Also from the 510, I got the Chiefs from the 415. I got my homeboy. Hey, look, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw this, but The Weeknd, who is performing at the halftime show, uh, spent $7 million of his own dollars in order to get this performance going. And The Weeknd, being one of the most popular artists in the country... And, I mean, he's probably the second most popular Canadian artist behind Drake, uh, or maybe third most behind Justin Bieber, too. Damn, Canada's got a lot of, a lot of famous pop stars. Uh, but <laughs> um, I do think that this is going to be a great Super Bowl. All the theatrics that go around it, the only thing that we're going to be missing is a stadium full of fans. And, and I know... It's the first Super Bowl ever where the home team is playing in their or their where the where the where the Tampa Bay team is playing in their home stadium. The first time a Super Bowl team is doing that. I understand all of that. Um, but ultimately I think the Chiefs are just a damn good football team and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it's just gonna you're gonna have to choose one or the other. And those two guys are just too good to leave open. And it's impossible to cover both of them at the same time. You haven't seen it once this season. 888-957-9570 is the text line. And the phone number from the 925. I'm a Raider fan. We haven't been to the Super Bowl in almost 20 years. I feel no pain anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just at that point you're 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 numb to it. You're immune to the pain just because we're so used to seeing four and twelve and five and eleven and seven and nine and eight and eight seasons. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number from the four one five. Wiggins is my favorite Canadian, and also from the nine two five. We got the Chiefs. So we're a little split right now. We got the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Look, I just wanted to get the pulse of the early morning pregame show crowd because people start to roll in as 5.30 rolls on, as the morning rolls on, because it is very, very early. So if you are up this morning, I wanted to get your opinion. So thank you so much to everyone who texted in there. I think I got a good pulse. It's relatively split. It's not as one-sided as I expected it to be. 888-957-9570. Again, if you want to weigh in on anything today but coming up next wanted to let you hear this interview from Stidy Guru and Dibs yesterday TJ Ward was on former Buccaneer and he had a lot of things to say uh, about the 49ers and it was pretty polarizing and I wanted you to take a listen I wanted to replay it for you because when I heard this yesterday I said ooh 
ooh, this is something that I want the pregame show fans to hear. 888-957-9570. Stephen Lightford did all the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Oh, yes, it is the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. And as promised, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Would love to get your opinion on this because... TJ Ward was on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday, and it's a relatively short interview, and I would play cuts from it, but really, I just wanted to play the entire thing because this will get you thinking, at least, if you are a 49er fan. So here is former Buccaneer TJ Ward on with Steiny Guru and Dibs yesterday. Take a listen. And let's uh, introduce T.J. Ward. He's an eight-year NFL vet with the Browns, Broncos, and Buccaneers. He's a De La Salle guy. And he won a Super Bowl right here at Levi Stadium in 2016 with the Broncos. T.J., thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you doing Absol- today? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on. I guess th- the first question I'll ask you is take me back to, to 16 when you guys knocked off the Patriots and Brady, how did you, how did you get over on Tom Brady is the bottom line? (laughs) We hit him a lot. You know, we kept him in the dirt. You know, we had a great pass rush, Von Miller and Marcus Ware, Malik Jackson, you know, Derek Wolf, and then we covered on the back end and in between. Our linebackers could cover their backs. Our our cornerbacks to cover their receivers and our safeties, me and Stu covered Grunk and whoever else. They fall back and handled them. So we just matched up. We were overmatched for them, honestly, and um, you know, we proved it. TJ, that Super Bowl yard. How much did that run you? And how many members of the various Ward contingent wanted to be a part of seeing you live in the bowl? Oh man, it was a lot of <laughs> a lot of family and friends that wanted to come, but I only um had enough tickets for my immediate family and my grand my grandparents, so um that was all, man. Don't them t- don't super to- Super Bowl tickets run a pretty ticket, I'm telling you. You're not cheap. <laughs> TJ, I don't have to tell you uh how vile social media can be. It's full of hate. Everybody's got a hot take, but I'm watching Patrick Mahomes and you know, you know quarterbacks better than anybody. The dude looks special to me. But all of a sudden this week I'm hearing, oh, he's got a great cast to throw to. He's got Tyreek Hill and, and and a great tight end. Can you share with us what you see when you watch Patrick Mahomes throw the ball? No, he's definitely special. I mean, I don't know why they're trying to discredit how special he is. You know, you got to have something to talk about sometimes. But, you know, the dude – He's done nothing but going out and proving it every time he stepped on the field. And, yeah, he has a great cast, but what great team doesn't? You know, you're not out there throwing throwing to himself. (laughs) So, you know, the receivers, of course, they're really fast. And, you know, they're really good. Travis is really good. You know, one of the best to ever do it. But it helps when you have a quarterback putting it right on the money and putting it right there make for it to be an easy catch for you. You know, they they don't really talk about that as often, but they need to. T.J. Ward joining us. He's an eight-year NFL veteran. 
and uh, Bay Area guy from De La Salle. Uh, let me let me ask you this: If you can take me back to that AFC title game when you're preparing for a guy like Brady, do you talk about it in a comprehensive way of of all the things you have to do, or do you try to simplify it and say let's let's take one thing away from him, or let's uh, let's do one thing against him that that maybe throws him off a little bit? I mean, when you prepare. For any team, you want to, you know, stop what they do best if you can. That would be the first objective. And for us, it was clogging the middle of the field. You know, everyone knows Tom Brady likes to throw right over the middle of the field all day long and twice on Sundays. So, you know, we're going to clog the middle of the field and make him throw outside, make him double look and clutch the ball. And by that time, he may have to throw a deep ball or he can't step into his throw or he's sacked. It's too late. So that was our whole strategy. And, you know, it worked to a T. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like with Brady, the first ever, and Tampa Bay, the first ever to play at home, yet about a quarter of the normal capacity? What's the energy going to be like, you think, in this weird pandemic Super Bowl? You know, I it won't be the energy of a regular Super Bowl, I tell you that. I mean, I don't know what the um, occupancy they're allowing for the stadium, but it, it, it can't be. It can't have the same energy. Still, the Super Bowl players are going to feel that energy of being in the Super Bowl. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of media there, so it'll be cameras. And they'll try to do what they can to to bring the energy up, but it won't be the same. Even in Tampa, playing in your home city, you know, it doesn't matter. The whole city can't fit in the stadium. So, yeah, it's it's going to be the same. TJ, let me ask you this. Regardless of the outcome, let's just say Brady doesn't win and Mahomes gets his second Super Bowl victory. If I were to ask you who's the best quarterback you faced, uh, what would that answer be? The best quarterback I faced is Tom Brady, absolutely. And I haven't played against Peyton. um, And, you know, those are the two that I I hold, you know, at, at the highest level of a quarterback play since I've been in the league for sure. So, um, Tom, easy. If, uh, you know, as a safety, TJ, I'm wondering, Jimmy Garoppolo out here in San Francisco obviously got the was a part of getting the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Now he's banged up. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback that that can take a team and win in the Super Bowl? Or does he need everything perfect around him? He needs everything perfect around him. You know, everything was pretty much perfect that Super Bowl year, and they still didn't get it done. So um, I don't think he's a guy that's going to carry a team. I don't even think – I mean, that's just athletically and ability-wise. I don't see his leadership carrying a team. I don't see him as someone that guys rally behind. That's just what I've seen in my opinion. But um, I think their best bet is to move on and look for somebody else. And I would say Deshaun Watson, if he's still available. Right. Now, if he is available and uh, you're going to be in the market, are, are you going to, if you're playing GM here, would you part with Nick Bosa or some of the other frontline players? It would just be picks that you would send in. And how much would be too much to get to Sean Watson? I would part with whoever they wanted. <laughs> He's that good, huh? Whoever they wanted. I'd give them a player, a draft pick. You know, I'd, I'd give them something similar to um, what L.A. got for for Matt, but I'd add probably my best player just to put the cherry on top. You can have two first-round picks and my best player. Who do you want? Give wow. Me, take them. 
<laughs> wow. Hey, yeah, TJ. Be, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Goo. No, I was just going to TJ, yeah. I know you're a defensive guy. Are you, like myself, tired of all these defensive flags? Do you watch the game like, damn, refs, let the DBs do something. How can you cover these guys? Man, it's rough. It's rough between the holding flags, the P.I. flags, <laughs> the unnecessary roughness. It's just like, man, they got us back into a corner trying to play defense. Now, <laughs> you playing with one hand, it's like a handicap match. You got, you really, it's, it's almost, you're scared to make a play because, you know, you think you're going to get a flag or you, you, you don't want to play too aggressive because you know a flag's going to come. Like, it, it's a rough, it's a rough space for the DBs. For sure. And um, I hope things change and they get, you know, a little bit more solid on how they call things because, you know, it's, it's so random. One minute it is, one minute it isn't. One minute it's roughing the quarterback. One minute, it, you know, they let him play. So they just got to make it more consistent. TJ, let me get a prediction from you on the Super Bowl. Who do you got? Uh, I got KC by 10 points. Yeah, I think I got... it's going to be in the uh, – Around like 30, 40 score, something like that. TJ, I got him by two scores too, so you obviously know your football. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah. You know something. (laughs) Hey, TJ, thank you so much for joining us, man, and uh, really good stuff, and look forward to catching up to you uh, in the future. No problem. Anytime. Thanks, folks. So you hear that from TJ Ward saying that Jimmy G. He doesn't believe that he's the type of guy that could get them to a Super Bowl. And it had me thinking after I heard that yesterday, what are your expectations as a 49er fan if Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback for next year? 888-957-9570. I want to know that because, you know, we go back and forth and we always, you know, we, we expected this season that, The 49ers should at least try and get to the NFC Championship. That should be the the, the expectation at the very least. And then all the injuries befall them, and all of a sudden, we don't really have them going to that place. But I want to know from you, 888-957-9570, I mean, what are your expectations for the 49ers if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback? Because there are also some updates for Deshaun Watson, and we'll also get into Brett Favre's comments on Deshaun Watson as well. And then we got the Warriors and the Mavs coming up tonight, and there is an update regarding Kavon Looney, and it is one that isn't too promising. But 888-957-9570. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. And in case you are living under a rock as a football fan and you just haven't paid attention to anything with the playoffs, uh, this song has been playing over and over again with the Super Bowl commercial with The weekend driving up in his car. This song playing in the background. I have had this song in my head every single weekend except for last weekend as well as the scoop. There it is from the Geico commercial. I've had this one in my head too. And it makes me think if he doesn't play this song, 
which is one of his more popular new songs from his After Hours album. If he doesn't play this song, that would be the ultimate troll move because as football fans, we have been hearing this at the be- at the beginning of every Sunday at least six times a day. Just the beginning. You know what it is. <laughs> it's like, if he doesn't play this, that would be the ultimate troll move. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you up until 10. Uh, in the previous segment, we just played some of that TJ Ward interview from Steiny Guru and Dibs, and he had this to say about the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo coming up this season. He needs everything perfect around him. You know, everything was pretty much perfect that Super Bowl year, and they still didn't get it done. So um, I don't think he's a guy that's going to carry a team. I don't even think – I mean, that's just athletically and ability-wise. I don't see his leadership carrying a team. I don't see him as someone that guys rally behind. That's just what I've seen in my opinion. But um, I think their best bet is to move on and look for somebody else. And I would say Deshaun Watson, if he's still available. So I asked you going into the break at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What are your expectations for the Forty ers if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback in twenty twenty one? Let's just say, you know, everything goes as predicted. Deshaun Watson doesn't land in San Francisco, which actually could happen. We got a couple of updates with Deshaun Watson, um, but uh, it's not necessarily promising for the 49ers. But if you're a New York Jets fan and you were expecting Deshaun Watson to come to your team after after he was uh, after he re- it was reported that the Jets were his number one choice, you are waking up this morning not too thrilled. But um, if everything goes as planned without Deshaun Watson and you have Jimmy Garoppolo draft a quarterback, you can assume that Garoppolo would be the starting quarterback next season. And I want to know from you, 888-957-9570 from the 408. We definitely need to move past Jimmy. I'd rather run it back with Steve Young out of retirement and watch another, than watch another game management effort by Jimmy. And you could look at a lot of different things as to why uh, they didn't win the Super Bowl. But the fact is, and as simple as it is, They just didn't win it in the small window that they had. The Super Bowl window is very tiny. And I don't know if when you're the 49ers and you run it back, you you got the defense. You got Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, a linebacker. You're going to have Nick Bosa back. I think Javon Kinlaw will absolutely benefit from Nick Bosa being there. And, 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 And on the opposite side, I think Nick Bosa will benefit from Javon Kinlaw being there as well. And then you'll have... Eric Armstead on the other side. We'll see if they re-sign Kerry uh, Hyder Jr. to a contract. And, um, you know, the secondary is definitely in question. Um, but the offense, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Raheem Mostert, their skill position guys, and the tight end and George Kittle, they're set. But also you got to wonder what's going to happen in the trenches. And this is from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. He was asked in his mailbag yesterday what the league thinks of Garoppolo and what he thinks about all these people who are saying the NFL doesn't really covet guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, uh, Albert Breer said, quote, I don't know if I'd say the NFL is generally low on Garoppolo, more so. 
I think he's seen in the class of guys like Jared Goff and Derek Carr. Fair or not, those quarterbacks are seen as players who succeed if everything's right around them, but not the type who can lift teammates up and make up the difference for holds on the roster. That's not an insult either, but it's not as good to be that guy as it used to be. Here are the Here's the only difference, because I would happen to agree with that. I, I, I do I do think that when we're talking about quarterbacks, you know, that's why Jared Goff, Garoppolo, and Derek Carr, we always had those conversations, right? We've always had the conversation whenever, you know, the, the Niners are going to play the Rams. Who would you rather have in the next five years? Would you rather have Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo? And it would normally be normally be split down the middle because you'd have one side who says, "No, nah, Jared Goff's a bum. You gotta you gotta go the next five with Jimmy." And then the other side who said, "You know, Jim, Jared Goff is younger. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a couple of years older than he is, and he's also hasn't had as much experience." They think Jared Goff would be on the other side, and then Derek Carr would get thrown into the mix as well. It was always between those quarterbacks, and then you'd also throw Dak Prescott in there. You know, you'd always throw Dak Prescott into those conversations, but the biggest difference and the one reason why the expectation, I don't think, next season uh, would be the Super Bowl if you were to have Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback is because... He's coming off two high ankle sprains in the same exact season. And, you know, them going to the Super Bowl or them going to the Super Bowl last year, him mostly having this year off. And when he was on the field, he didn't look that great. And, you know, he got banged up by that Miami defense, uh, uh, that Miami defensive line, because the offense wasn't making the blocks, the necessary blocks that they needed to make. Um but I do think if you run it back with him this next season and you don't draft a quarterback, let's just say you stand pat with who you got, I do think you run the risk of being in a situation kind of like the Carson Wentz situation, which is he had an injury and just didn't look the same and continued to get injured going forward. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't had the greatest track record, again, in his Full season, sure, he let he helped get that team to the Super Bowl, but also he did not look good last year whenever he was playing hurt. And you do run the risk of that happening again this season. And you got to protect the quarterback and the offensive line if you don't re-sign Trent Williams to a if you don't sign Trent Williams to an extension this year, you don't know who's going to be playing at left tackle. I actually think Mike McGlinchey is not as bad as everyone is making him out to be. Um, you know, he's had some issues with pass blocking, but overall, as far as right tackles go, I don't think he's um, terrible when you put him in context with, context with the rest of everyone in the league. But also, you got to wonder if you should pay him as well because of that fifth-year option that uh, they that's in question of whether to pick up from his rookie deal. There's so much uh, that goes into building it with the trenches, and I don't know what's your what's your expectation? Triple eight nine five seven. 9570 because you know I think if you're even thinking NFC West right now I don't know if I'd put them in that category since all these other teams the Cardinals um the Rams they got better with Matthew Stafford did they get 
you know, it, did they get to a championship contender type of team? No, but they definitely got to a division contender type of team. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from the four one five. The Cinderella season where everything is perfect will never happen again. You have to have a QB that can will the team. That is not Jimmy. Well, a lot of people do believe that the Sean Watson is going to be that guy, and this is a report out of SNY in New York. Apparently, the Jets are not the top of Deshaun Watson's wish list. Now, there was the report earlier that said it was the Jets at one and the Dolphins at two, and that was it. But according to this source, the top of his list might be anywhere but Houston. And if he really wants out, why would he say no to any trade and... I think if you are the 49ers and you're willing to give up one of your star players, that's what it would it would take. And I don't know. I, I think that at this point, if Deshaun Watts is not putting the Jets at the top of his list, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? But then when I saw that he'd be interested in going to several other teams, that means you're still in the running. You're not completely out of it just yet. The Jets and Dolphins are always brought up. Um, but what's looking up is, or what's um, what it's looking like right now is that they probably will run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo because from the five one zero three first round picks in one second plus Jimmy G, Bosa and Warner are off limits. I mean, if the Dolphins were to offer three firsts in in one second plus Tua Tunga Vialoa, and if they throw in because you're saying Bosa and Warner are off limits, well, if they throw in a defensive starter on that team. Um, like Emmanuel Ogba, for example. I mean, if I, if I'm the if I'm the Texans, I'd rather take that trade. But um, it's just very interesting looking at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation and what's going to happen uh, in the upcoming season. Uh, but I do want to play this sound here, and this is the reason why. Really, I just want the saga to end. Just everything surrounding it, because you had like. I just want Deshaun Watson to land with the team. I just want to know where he's going to be because these reports, these everything that's surrounding Deshaun Watson, it's all just, it, it, we don't know. You know, we had that report out of Las Vegas that the Raiders could possibly, uh, an, an executive told Vinny Bonsignor that, you know, Derek Carr could be brought in for two first-round picks. They could trade him away, and then they could flip those two first-rounders that they get for Carr as well as the two first-rounders that they already have and flip those for Deshaun Watson. That's a total reach. This report coming out of New York just essentially saying the Jets aren't his top choice, but several other teams are. Very vague. Um, And then you have this. This is from Yahoo Sports, and everyone is outraged by these comments, and rightfully so. Um, And Brett Favre, he was on Yahoo Sports, and he spoke on Deshaun Watson and the situation that's happening, and there's a lot of hypocrisy in what he's saying, uh, knowing, knowing how Brett Favre handled the quarterback situation in Green Bay, in Minnesota, saying he's going to retire, then he didn't retire, and all that stuff. Here's Brett Favre on Deshaun Watson. I'm kind of old school. I think you know, you you play, you get you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job, and just do it and, and let the chips fall where they may. 
Um, I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time, and um, it'll be interesting to see how the the organization handles it. You know, there are a lot of people that are just – it's the one question that surrounds everyone's podcasts, radio shows. Deshaun Watson's just a huge talking point, and – with Brett Favre, if I had to guess, like essentially what you're hearing there is like, look, if you're paid that much money, you know, what you're reading from that is if you're reading between the lines, you're reading, you know, shut up and play. But also you look back at how he handled Green Bay and everything going to Minnesota and just toward the end of his career, basically demanding where he'd go and it's just a situation where it's I'm I'm thinking about this and I watched the you know I watched the interview and I'm listening to the sound and I'm thinking you know why do we need Brett Favre's opinion on this in the first place a former former quarterback who has moved on before maybe he'd have a little sympathy with it but it's just Brett Favre's name is in the news this week during Super Bowl week because he just had to be asked about Deshaun Watson and I don't even know how much thought he really I don't know how much thought he really put into that answer. I don't know if he thought of the repercussions kind of like Drew Brees earlier this season. And when I heard that, I'm just like, why are we even having to ask Brett Favre about this situation in the first place? Because, you know, Brett Favre he is good with the media and, you know, they he's done interviews and stuff and and he, and he said some good things, but at this point, I just want the Deshaun Watson story to to just come to a close. I just want to know where he's traded. I want to know what the value that they're going to get for Watson. At this point, I just I don't care anymore. And if the Texans do keep him, then we will wait till the season starts to see if he holds out on the year and just doesn't want to make uh, the money for the year's worth of contract. Like, I just want this to be over. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero for the 510. I don't understand Brett Favre. Why can't cheat for saying absolutely nothing important in endorsing? I'm not going to say the brand just because, but endorsing those jeans, SMH. Hey, man, I'm not going to, not going to, not going to knock those, but it's just, it's it's hypocritical with what he's saying and you know obviously a lot of people were coming down on him and it's just i don't know it's a situation where personally i thought about it i listened to it and i'm just like please just let deshaun watson wherever he ends up just let him end up somewhere so we don't get into situations where we have to ask the older generation of players, what they think, because they will most likely be saying something controversial that'll get Twitter in an uproar. And then NFL insiders are going to quote tweet it and say, this is just wrong. And it's, it's just all these rumors, man. There's, there's no definite reports out there as of yet. It's all just, Oh, he may choose the jets or the dolphins. Wait a second. The jets aren't his top choice but he would be open to several other teams. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Deshaun's going to be open to any team as long as he wants out of Houston, as a source said. They don't understand why he would say no if they would get the trade if he wants wants out that badly 
out of the Texans organization. It's just, it's all so vague and it's so, and it's, and it's interesting to keep up with. It's definitely given us something to talk about, but now it's just that Deshaun Watson fatigue. And from the 973, this would be interesting. If the Niners would have to throw in Bosa or Warner, the Dolphins better throw in Xavier and Howard. Uh, Ogba doesn't compare to Bosa or Warner. You're absolutely right. Um, but I'm just throwing out a guy who personally, besides Tua Tonga Villaloa, who they'd be willing uh, to give up because Xavier and Howard is a damn good cornerback, one of the best uh, in the NFL. Uh, from the 510, what was worse, the Deshaun Watson or the Kevin Durant rumors? Well, you know. The rumors were brutal toward the end of the season or toward the end of his Warriors tenure. But before that, uh, when he was done with OKC, with the way that it ended up on that July 4th, it was great. <laughs> it was great. And, and, and it lasted quite a while. But, yeah, there wasn't anything worse than the, the Kevin Durant things because, you know, it got fans to the point where they're saying, no, I don't want Kevin Durant on my basketball team. Like, what? How do you not want Kevin Durant on your basketball team? It's Kevin Durant. Now, sure, the Nets have, what, ever since having Harden and Kyrie and Durant on the floor at the same time, they have the highest offensive rating uh, in the league along with the worst defensive rating. Really what that's telling me is I should take the over on, if I'm ever betting an over-under on a point total with a, with a Nets game for entertainment purposes only. But it's just, it's getting to the point now where it's becoming fatigue, and I just want a report out there that has something definite. That's that's also that's also what I uh, that's also what I want to just happen with this Deshaun Watson stuff because all these reports coming out, you'll get an update, then you'll read into it, and you'll notice that ah didn't actually say anything much. There's no real progress with the Deshaun Watson conversation. Just when he gets to a team, want to be able to react to it, kind of like the Matthew Stafford deal, because once Matthew Stafford signed with the Rams, we had a day to talk about it, we had a day to react, and then we move on. That's just what I personally want to happen at this point. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking about it, though. (laughs) Want to talk about Brett Favre saying hypocritical comments, saying what I just said completely contradicted everything for the past 15 minutes. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I mean, come on, it's quarterback talk, right? It is fatiguing, but it is quarterback talk after all. Um, Tonight, the Warriors are on to face the Dallas Mavericks. Then they face Dallas one more time, and then they got uh, two straight against the Spurs. So it's the Texas two-step, as they're calling it. And here is the latest update. After Kavon Looney uh, got hurt and rolled his ankle and it was diagnosed a a sprain, thought it was only going to be a couple of games. Um, Turns out that it will be a couple of weeks. And as uh, the team announced, Golden State Warriors big man Kavon Looney will be out at least the next two weeks as he continues to recover from a sprained left ankle. So... The conversation was whether the Warriors should try and get a big man, whether it be a free agent or you use that uh, player exception from Clay Thompson being hurt. And uh, what is it? Nine and a half million dollars. And you use that on a specific player and whenever you agree to it. But at this point, when they said it was only going to be a couple of games, I'm like, you know, you can wait for Wiseman to come back 
after being out for seven to ten days last Saturday. So that's close to being done. Uh, they haven't given any update on that except for Anthony Slater, who said it most likely won't be more than ten days. Figured you could wait for Kevon Looney to come back. Be patient with Wiseman. You don't need to be. Uh, you don't need to be too reactionary with this. You don't need to make any sort of rash moves. But now, two weeks, uh, at least two weeks in this season, in a seventy-two game year, when the Warriors at this point are going to fight for a playoff spot in the lower seeding. I think at this point, you got to find some sort of other solution uh, with a big if Kevon Looney can't be in. Someone who can at least rebound the basketball. Because a big issue that the Warriors have had this season is rebounding. Kelly Oubre is their best rebounder, but he's been about as inconsistent as possible. James Wiseman uh, still needs to get a little cleaner with his rebounds and, and, and work on boxing out other guys and everything that surrounds that. But they need, in my opinion now, when Kevon Looney's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, uh, they do need another big man, in my opinion, seeing that. So that's just the update, is Kevon Looney out for at least the next couple of weeks uh, with the sprained ankle. Uh, but we are facing a Dallas Mavericks team Today, 4.30 tip time, and um, the Mavs this year are an interesting team. They're 9-13 and on the season. Uh, they just beat an Atlanta Hawks team yesterday, 122-116. to So you're going to be getting them on back-to-back days, and they were playing in Atlanta, and they're going back home to Dallas, so they're traveling back home today, and then they're going to be facing the Warriors at 4.30. In that sense... I actually think the Warriors have a pretty damn good chance to uh, to come away with this one today just because the Mavs haven't really been the same this season. Luka isn't shooting at a percentage like we're used to seeing him play, but mostly with them being on a back-to-back. And if you can take one of two from each, the Mavericks and the Spurs, as you're playing, playing two straight games against the Mavs and two straight against the Spurs, I think... That's the very least of what you need to do this year in order to be on a track to the playoffs because we're close to being halfway done with the season already. We're, we're you know, and, and, and we're only a 72-game season. You're going to be two weeks without uh, Kevon Looney, and if you can get one, uh, at least two out of the next four, you get Wiseman back. And then Kevon Looney starts to make strides and make progress to coming back as well. Then we'll see that's in the conversation. But what we're looking out for tonight is going to be, man, what's going to happen with Kelly Oubre? Because if he has another night where he goes minus 25 in the plus minus column, I just just don't know what the Warrior fan base is going to be reacting. I don't know how they're going to be reacting. So we'll react to all that tomorrow. You got the Al Davis doc also tonight, the 30 for 30. Plus you got Chelsea and Tottenham at 12 o'clock today too. I'm really looking forward to that. That's kind of like my Super Bowl. But coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, and Bonte Hill. They will have a mystery guest coming up at 7.35. You won't want to miss that as well as Brad Johnson. Steve Lightford on the pregame show. Thanks for joining me, everyone. The Morning Rose coming up next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.